Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. How is everybody? We'll start here. No. (laughs) I heard you guys had a, a hectic morning coming in with the kids. If you have kids... Is there anything but hectic mornings, right? It's kind of like, no. And so you kind of just get used to that. And then you grow past kids and you find out life is just hectic, right? So, hey, something to look forward to. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's good to be here this morning. You know, we are concluding our series um, on essentials. Again, remind you about Thursday evenings with our uh, midweek, and we are going through the book that we've been talking about the last 12 weeks, Essentials, uh, a missional living, really cultivating a missional life. And it's our desire that this would be something that really just snowballs and takes effect in our community here at Genesis, where we all see ourselves as participants of the gospel uh, and not spectators. Right, so that we are engaged. And so this morning, I'm going to be talking to you about gangs, police and the military, silver spoons, babysitting, and light. Okay? Family is at the heart of civilization. It's at the heart of community. And family, by definition, is a group consisting of parents and children living together in the household or another Definition is all the descendants of a common ancestor. And so we are familiar what family is. I mean, most of us have family. I mean, there is, there are people who grew up without that kind of nucleus of a, a family. And so it might be a little bit foreign to them. But we understand the concept. And the whole idea is it's a place where you are known, a place where you are cared for, a place where you belong. At least that's what it's supposed to be, right? And it's something that we all long for, right? When you have people who are together for a cause or a purpose, like people who are a part of the military, bless you, or the police, they call them a a band of brothers or a brotherhood. Why? Because we are in this cause together. And even on the other side of the spectrum, when you look at gangs, the lure of gangs is to belong to something. And it becomes, in a sense, their family, however skewed it might be. But it really is something that is at the core of us as human beings is wanting this kind of connection. And in ancient Israel, it was this and even more. Family represented 
your ability to survive. It was how you developed labor as you had kids, right? So when you see a, a proverb or a psalm that says, blessed is the man who has his quiver full, don't think that's a command, okay? And you just got to go out and have a bunch of kids. It's telling you that they saw it as a blessing, Because now, look at all the help we have. Depending on your kids, you're either wondering what's going on. You're having questions right now. It's like, I've got a quiver, and I don't got any help. What's going on? Well, that's another story. That's another talking. Okay, the whole idea is this is our labor force. This is our strength. This is actually part of our security It was protection, it was inheritance, it was your tribe, it was your identity. You are from the tribe of Judah, from the tribe of Dan, and it was that kind of family. This is who we are, this is what we are about, and we are connected in this way. And the reason this is so important is because the whole movement of Christ is about taking family and making it bigger. And so in Matthew chapter 12, verses 47 to 49, someone told him, Jesus, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my brother and who are my brothers? Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Now, this happened when they were putting a paralyzed man before Jesus and he was in a home and they couldn't get to him and they were calling out to him and they said, hey, your your family is out here. And he says, my family is also in here. And he is trying to help them see and help us see that family is very inclusive, even people who are not part of your blood relations, that they are still close and able to be called family. Now, not in a genetic sense, but in a very important sense, right? Following Christ was not merely a set of beliefs that you held. Oh, I'm a follower of Jesus, so this is what I believe. Or or things that you follow, this is our rituals. We, We have our baptism, we have our communion, we do these things. It was much more alive. It was much more active than that. It had a lot involved with it. It's described as passing from death to life. It's described as moving from a darkened kingdom into the kingdom of light. When Jesus would talk about being born again, he is talking about being born into this new family. Right? It's not just having an experience. It is connecting to the God of life and now being a part of the life that God is doing, a part of his kingdom that is at work. And from this kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, this transition that takes place, it is now also adopting us into this family. 
And I don't know your family. I don't know how close some of you are. Some of you might be really close. I mean, some of you, your family is where the center of your life and universe is. Some of you still live with family, right? Uh, And some of you might be estranged from family. You know, I got my cousin Joe from Colorado here. You know, I got family here from Colorado today, so make sure you give him some love later on. He's come out to visit my mom, right? Family is important. That connection that you have, God is wanting to establish this connection with you, with others. And and the problem sometimes isn't connection. Sometimes the problem is time. Right, being involved with all these things. But families come with history. Right? I've shared before I've done that ancestry.com now, and I'm finding out, you know, all the different places my family comes from. You know, it comes from the southern Italy, and it also comes from, you know, kind of New Mexico area. I'm Italian, I'm Apache Indian, and those are like two worlds apart, right? And I'm thirteen percent Apache Indian, so I might actually be able to apply and Buy a casino. I don't know. You know, I don't know what I can do, but (laughs) it's just, it comes with history. It comes with roots. It comes connected to all these different things. Have you ever met people who are born with wealth, right? It's like their parents were wealthy, and so now the kids are wealthy. They're born with like a silver spoon in their mouth. And and maybe you knew these kids growing up. They came to high school in their Ford Mustangs. And you came in your Volkswagen, right? Or bike, right? (laughs) You had a bike, Lucky, right? It's And then they come up with this decked out car. Oh, yeah, I got it for my birthday. I just turned 16. And then they crash it the next week. And something in you feels good. And it's just like... (laughs) It's not right, but it does happen, at least my confession here. This new family comes with roots as well. It's identified with a lifestyle. It's identified by how we care about each other. It's identified by the relationship that God has with us and now we have with others. As we've been going through this series, it's been about sending. God sent his son. The son and the father sent the spirit and we are a sent people. And the characteristic that helps them see that we are the family belonging to Jesus is that we love one another, that we care about each other. And that's an important part to understand because it is from where we are growing from. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 and 16, Jesus says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When you hear, let your light shine, I don't know where your mind goes, but mine goes to that children's song, right? And you're waving your finger around and all these things. But light 
in this idea and this analogy here is one that is very powerful at a time when there was not electricity. Right? Can you imagine if there's not electricity and trying to get someplace and not having an automobile or not having a cell phone to see where you're going? And you're traveling to find a city and you're in the dark on a road? Be scary. I used to get scared just taking the trash cans down, right? It's like, man, something's out there. It's going to get me. Imagine walking a road where there are people out to get you. There are people who are there to rob you, to take what you have, to kill you. And when you are out away from the city, you are vulnerable. The city is a sign of refuge. If it's a city that's safe for foreigners, then you can go and find safety here because you are at the city, you are in the light, you are now around people, and it brings a sense of security. Jesus is using the city as a symbol of a a saving community whose light shines in the gathering darkness. It extends so that people are able to see it, inviting the traveler to find safety to find salvation. And he's using this saying, this is who you are. You are a people that others see and find safety. You see, that's one of the things about family is there's a sense of safety where you can tell family members, or maybe you can't, but sometimes you can, you can actually open up. And it might be just immediate family. It might be your spouse. It might be your parents. But I know there's times where things have gone horrifically bad and I get a call from my kids. Why? Because they know I love them and I'm there to help them. And we are supposed to be that to the world around us, this sense of safety, this sense of security. And when crisis happens, there has to be a place that you can go. You know, if something would happen to our kids, if one of our kids would get sick and we would have to take them to ER, well, we've got four of them. If only one is sick, we don't want to take all of them. And so we need a babysitter. And family is our first go-to, right? We lived with my mom for two years or so. It was like a built-in babysitter. It was the greatest thing. Karina and I were going out to the movies, going out to dinner. We were having a great time. Hey, mom, want to watch the kids? Okay, good. But if something happens, we can call and say, hey, can you watch the kids? We've got to take so-and-so to the hospital, or I got called in for work and Kareen's not home. Can you watch the kids for a couple of hours, right? It's someone that you can go to when there's a crisis, someone that you can reach out to. There's a support system when you need it so that you can move forward in your life. And this is something that's important to have. It is a connection. It is a community. And you see, that's what we are to be for one another. 
the great thing is when you guys get to know each other and you start calling each other for babysitter because maybe family is too far away or, or is estranged or something like that. And you call one another and you say, hey, can you watch my kids for a few hours? And they say, no way. Um, they say, hey, sure, I'd be happy to. Why? Because you have that relationship. You've connected to each other. You trust each other. You have confidence in each other. There is the sense of security, the sense of safety, so that now you can extend even your most precious children into the care of someone else. That's an amazing thing that I think we take for granted sometimes. But that's what a community is supposed to be. Hebrews says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We are supposed to be this for each other. We are supposed to care for one another in a way that allows this sense of security and safety to build. And so this is why it's important that We are talking about this and why we we try to help us see that we are a community, that we are not just a bunch of individuals, that we are a collective, that it is a body of believers, as Scripture says. You know, we, we don't go to church. We are the church. All these things are important because we need one another, and I need your encouragement, and you need encouragement. Let's not fool ourselves. We're not as strong as we like to believe. And having a support system is so important when things hit the fan, when things go wrong and you have to reach out. Now you have family that is there extended to be able to reach out. There's something that is tangible, something that has the ability to make a difference in your life. Have you ever stood outside on a sunny day and maybe you're window shopping and you look at a window into the store and you can see what's in the store, but because of the light, you can also see your reflection? Why did some of the light particles passed through the window, and some did not. If you know, you can make a mint, okay, because we don't know. Some of them hit, some of them don't go through, but which ones go through, we don't know why or which ones will go through and which ones won't, right? Am I correct or am I wrong in that? (laughs) Because light is both a wave and is both a particle, right? And the physicist Heisenberg, a name I'm familiar with for other reasons, was the first to name this disturbing truth about the quantum world. You can measure a particle's location or you can measure its speed, but you can't measure both. Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, along with breakthroughs from Max Planck's and many others raise countless questions about the unpredictability of the universe just even on a small scale. And the things in nature 
we usually see as either waves or particle. There's dust particles, there's sound waves, waves in the oceans, particles of food, cotton, your teeth. That's been conventional wisdom for a lot of the years, particles and waves, one or the other, but particles are like bullets and waves are spread out. Particles can be in specific locations and waves can be everywhere. Particles can be divided. Waves can't be divided. Waves can. But there's light and light is made up of both a particle and light is a wave. Light has the ability to have substance, to be to bend light even by gravity, but yet it still has the properties of a wave. It illuminates and then it affects in so many different ways. And this has kind of been about light. You are the light of the world. Let your light so shine. You are to be a person. We are to be a people of substance that can be seen that have the effect of making contact with the world around us. Now, a while back, we went through a series called Surprise the World, and we had an acronym that was BELLS, and and each letter stood for something. We have, we're going to be closing with another acronym, and it's kind of funny because it's the same thing. So if you don't like bells because you just don't like the word bells, you can use the word light because we're going to talk about light, right? L stands for listen to the Holy Spirit, which was one of the L's in bell, right? If we are going to be people of substance in the world around us, if we are going to illuminate God in our midst, then we have to hear from God. We have to be willing to be still and let the Lord speak to us. Some of the most transforming time that I've had in recent time has been sitting for 10 minutes and saying nothing. I was saying, I wish you would have done that a long time ago where I will sit down in the room and I will take 10 minutes and I will focus on maybe just one Bible verse and, or maybe even one phrase in Scripture. And, and I will say, God is love. And I will just focus on that over and over again for the period of 10 minutes. I'm not trying to keep everything out of my mind because that's impossible. But every time something comes in my mind, I go back to God is love. And I'm not asking God to do something because there's a lot of things I want God to do. I'm not asking God to give me something because there's a lot of things I want. I just want to hear God speak because that is really what I need. And do we take time and set aside even 10 minutes? Now, some of you might think 10 minutes, that's all. Good for you. That's all I got right now. Because 20 minutes and I'm, I'm gone. 10 minutes, though, has been transformational in my life of being still and not asking anything. 
Have you set aside, set aside time to listen? Allow the Spirit of God to speak into your life. And it's amazing the things that come up when you're being quiet. Things that I didn't want to remember. You know, you really did kind of bark out at your wife yesterday. Oh, that's good to know. See, now I'm aware of that. I, I, was, I could have been busy on my way, driving somewhere, doing something. But sitting still, I have a sense of, you know, this really you should take care of. You know, I really would like to do this in your heart and in your life. Things that maybe you weren't even on the same page with. And all of a sudden they start to show up. The second letter of light is invite others to share a meal. Remember the E in Bell's eat with three people this week, one of who you don't know. This is an important part of becoming missional because this is what family does. I mean, our family, food was a big deal. I'm sure a lot of your families it was too. There was never a family gathering where we didn't have 10 pounds of food to take home to everybody, right? It was like, and then we always worried about, is there enough, right? I can remember my grandmother, I don't know if we have enough. And it's like, are you serious? There's 20 pounds of pasta here. And everyone would get a bag and go home with it, right? But it was a way that you connected with each other. I, I'm doing some training and there's another trainer that I met while I was doing my training. He's walking dogs and I'm walking dogs. Like, hey, you walk dogs? I walk dogs. And we started talking to each other and we're, you know, we're talking about the things that we do in training and very similar in our approach. And so we developed a rapport and then we went out to lunch, right? Took the dogs to lunch. Went to Eureka Burger and had the dogs lay down and, and stay and sat there and talked. And I got to find out a lot more about him. He got to find out about me. We got to interact with each other and have actually a deeper conversation. So now we're not just passing by, we're actually communicating. And now when I see him, I've got a lot more awareness of who he is, the things important to him. The ability to extend myself to him in his life and to allow who he is to be known by me. Right? Eating with someone is a big deal. I got to tell you, and I'm, I've been doing this competition, right? And it's all Alex Ortiz's fault out there. He's sitting there. It's a competition where there's like 10 guys and we're in a competition to lose weight. And whoever loses the most after come April 1st, you know, gets the money. We're not advocating gambling or anything like that. But it's been a good motivation. So the thing I miss the most is going out to eat with people. I say, hey, you want to go grab something to eat? And it's like, I had my snack already for the day, you know. I had my morsel of crumbs. I, I'm done. And, you know, I, I miss being able to just on the spur go out. Kareen and I were driving back somewhere and I was just thinking, man, chili cheese fries at the hat. They, they, they just, you know, when I'm going through things, that's my comfort food. Man, and I, I don't really feel better afterwards, but I feel better during 
But going out to eat is a big deal. In the Bell series, we talked about three people, you know, two people who are part of your community or people you know, but then someone who's outside of your community, someone who is beyond that, extend yourself to that. The I is invite others, or the G is to give a blessing. Remember, that was the B in the bells. Give a blessing. Tell someone you appreciate them, right? Thursday night, Mary brought a bunch of cards because she has a a group on Facebook where one of the people in the group, her husband had, I think it was cancer, was it? And had a lobotomy and had to remove the frontal lobe of his brain, something like that. And she wanted to just get a bunch of cards and write because it was his birthday, happy birthday and hope you get well. Just to bless someone. And, And if you've ever been on the other side of blessing, you know how good it feels. When someone says, man, I really appreciate you. I thank you so much for this. You did a great job. Those things mean something to us. And you can find those things. Right? I, I remember becoming aware that, you know, my kids don't need to just hear how they could do things better. They need to hear what they're doing good. To let them know, hey, good job. All those things that you see in them that you want to encourage and you want them to be aware that you notice those things. Instead of all the negative things, right? Because so much of my life in parenting was I got to shape the perfect kid. They got to know the right things. They got to behave the right way. They got to look good so that when people see them, they say, ah, look at his kids are good. And my kids, anyway, they said, that that ain't us. But you see, There are some amazing qualities in my kids that if I would have been paying attention, I would have seen. My kids had some incredible discernment, even when they were just in junior high school. And they were in the children's ministry and the kids group. And I said, well, you know, you got to listen. And they said, well, this teacher's got issues and I go, hey, don't talk about that teacher, you know, like that. And a couple of years later, bam, issues. They saw it before I saw it. They had this meter going and they could sense these things. And if I would have listened to them, I would have given them a little bit more weight in their influence. Might have been able to encourage these things. So bless Someone and give them a blessing. The H stands for hear the gospel. Now, in the Bell series, it was learn of Jesus. The gospels are where we get the most information about Jesus, and Jesus is the center of what it is to be Christian. And so, going through the gospels is an important part of learning how Christ lived, what he did, and how we too can live. It's not making less the rest of the scripture, but the gospels are really at the heart of how we learn who Christ is and what Christ did and how to imitate him. And so spending time in the gospels is just really important for those who are following Jesus. It's the way to stay connected, learn Christ, right? Hear the gospels. And then the T is take inventory of the day. The S and the 
Bell series, it was to be sent into journal. This is the same thing. Inventory for the day is to learn. Now, I don't care what acronym you use. Whatever one is easiest. If you like bells, if you like light, the important thing is to start participating in the work of God. This whole series about cultivating a missional life was about taking our faith and putting feet on it so it extends to the world around us. And these are just practical ways to do this, right? You, you can listen to the Holy Spirit. You, you can invite others to eat. You can give a blessing. You can hear the Gospels. You can take inventory of the things that are going on in your life. You can do these things. You can hear your baby crying and go get them. Um, they did. This is what we have to do. Because let's take this faith of ours and allow it to be like it was in that early church. These are my mothers. These are my brothers. This is my family. We are extending ourselves and making the family bigger so that whoever is out there gets to be a part of that. Well, they're not going to come into this building, but I can go to Eureka with a couple of dogs and have a salad. (sighs) Eureka burger and I had a salad. Anyway, I'm fine, really. I'm fine. I'm going to get over this. All you have to do is put the effort, extend yourself, participate in the lives of people. Be involved with the lives of others. Allow others to be involved with you. Share one another's burdens. Share your burdens with others. You don't need to go through it alone. You shouldn't go through it alone. You have a family that wants to help. These are all ways that we live missionally. This is how we live incarnationally. This is how we take our faith and allow it to be a light that shines. That people see our deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. Let's pray. Father, I pray that throughout this series we have been challenged on how we are living our faith out. Lord, I know it's been a challenge to me, and I know that there are others who are very uh, shy. There are people who deal with just a lot of insecurities, and these things are a little uh, frightening. But, Lord, you are really at work in those areas of discomfort. And so many times, Lord, I have thought that I can't wait till the discomfort goes away and things get easier. And then I've come to find out that the discomfort is where the work is taking place. And I still don't like it, but I can see your hands at work there. And so work within our lives, especially where we are struggling, especially these areas where we have a hesitancy to extend ourselves or or to give ourselves in tangible ways to others. Lord, I pray, God, that you would allow your Spirit's work in us 
transform not only us, but the people around us. We pray for your power that we might be like your son, in whose name we pray, amen. Let's stand together. May you let your light shine before men so that they see the good works and glorify God in heaven. May you encourage one another to love and good deeds. May you listen to the Spirit's voice. May you invite someone to go out and eat. May you give ear to the gospel. May you bless somebody and may you keep account of the good things that God is doing in your life. God bless you guys. Have a great week. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.